The Sacred Dynamics podcast explores some of the biggest topics of our time, including the true nature of reality, the healing and awakening process, the evolution of consciousness, deception on the path, natural law, and daring to tackle the greatest of all quests, the journey of self-realization. Through conscious awareness and the law of correspondence, we engage individually and thus collectively in the restoration of humanity, embodying life itself, and our symbolic relationship with nature. Dear friends and sacred souls, welcome to the ninth episode of the Sacred Dynamics podcast. It's great to be here, connected and about to share a very, very meaningful conversation with many relevant topics. Thanks to all that have been reaching out and sharing this beautiful work. We deeply appreciate it and encourage you to keep on it. In our last episode, wow, I mean, we went through a powerful conversation with our dear friend, Julia Tolsi Bagnolia, where we explored the profound topic of Vedic astrology. We touched on the differences between Vedic and Western astrology and its deeper meanings, how one may utilize this wisdom for healing and awakening, and much more. We even touched on particular aspects of my personal Vedic chart to illustrate how Vedic astrology is applied and what type of value one can get out of it. In today's episode, we will cover a topic that we have had a lot of requests to cover. Waking up in the dream. What exactly is a spiritual awakening? What is this? I mean, wh why is this happening? How do I know if I'm having one? How to navigate this passage? How to cope with the rest of my relations that are now maybe in a new, in a different stage? Coping with loneliness and isolation? Living in a state of not knowing what's next? Releasing from past agreements and contracts that no longer serve? the process of dissolving the imposter, quote-unquote, finding my tribe, and much more. Of course, as always, we will share some golden nuggets for you, our dear listeners. Today's episode explores a topic that seems to be more and more relevant by the day. As always, our intention is to shed light, simplify, remove boundaries, and share the golden nuggets. And with that said, I introduce the always relevant and sacred compass, Jay Smith. I am. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Brother Roe. Thank you, listeners, all of our sacred souls out there. Appreciate you very much. Grateful for this episode nine. Episode nine. The powerful number nine. Boom. And as always, here we are, very grateful, very grateful to be here and to share. We'd like to dedicate this very important episode to all sacred souls listening and to those beyond this voice that are going through a personal spiritual awakening. Our intention in this episode as is the continuous theme with Sacred Dynamics, is to offer support and a guiding light through the storm. 
That's very true, my friend. So, I would like to start with very simple, yet profound, and fundamental questions to shed light on this topic. What are we awakening to? What are we awakening to and why? And what would you say is a spiritual awakening? And how can one tell if one is having this experience, Jay? Okay. All right. Clear and ideal start, my brother. Well, thank you. So, okay, let's let's look at it. Let's break it down. So, what are we awakening to? Well, let's start with the term awakening. Huh? Let's start there. Because this has become, obviously, a major buzzword. We're seeing it almost everywhere now. And so let's break down what that means. If we break it to the simple, awakening implies the act of awakening from sleep. So I simply call this the awakening from amnesia process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are awakening. What are we awakening to? What we're awakening to is our actual true identity. And why? Hmm. That's a deep conversation right there. Let's hit on that in a moment, huh? More on that soon. For sure. But okay, I mean, some of our listeners may be wondering how they could be asleep while they believe they are awake. Ooh, uh-huh. Yeah, very, <laughs> very powerful point, my brother. In this case, because this is definitely a very important point, in this case... Sleep in this sense is being unaware of one's true nature and so thus distracted. This is like not anything short of playing a character in a movie. And so this concept of someone thinking they're awake is because of considering that the idea of being awake is just the idea of not being in your bed asleep snoring. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so so th in this case, what we're talking about is that one becomes less focused on the material dream, mm -hmm. right, in objects and begins to sense the subject, one's spiritual essence. This is one's true identity when we refer in subject-object to the subject. And so I'd say the fog is lifting. Hmm. It seems many listening could feel this, uh, this definitely relates. And why is this happening, my friend? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one could say that the programs are wearing down. <laughs> <laughs> huh? You know, it's like this. You were called. You can't run from it. You can't deny it. It's simply your time to rise. So, how does one know if one is going through this experience? How, how, how do I know if I'm actually there or if it's something else? Hmm, okay. Well, you know, look at it this way. When you start to notice things and people and experiences and they aren't what you thought they were. They aren't what they used to be, and they aren't what they seem. 
like glitches in the matrix, as they say. <laughs> no? So you're looking at some point, there's people listening. Let's, let's look at it like this. There's beautiful souls listening right now. And some may be saying, I wonder if I'm going through this. Mm-hmm. The fact that they were called to listen to this could be a clue. And like this are many other clues. And, and Indeed. And when you, when you start to shift from inside, you start to notice that the way everything was for you is no longer that way. That's kind of the start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate in my personal experience with mm-hmm. what you just said. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> what we're calling a spiritual awakening can really be one of the most confusing, alienating experiences that one will go through. And you know, some of the most profound experiences that one will have will come from having to face the fear, the darkness, and the discomfort. Oof. Yes, this is, this is such an important topic. I'm really glad that we're going into it. For many uh, are going through this process and might not even know it. Mm-hmm, right? For sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's, th- there are these indicators. And as you asked, you asked a great question. The question was, how does one know that one's going through this? Because at different points in your life, you are going through things, but you don't necessarily chalk it up to a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we start to unravel and gain this conscious awareness, we start to find out that they were actually connected. We just couldn't see the connections yet. Yes. As you said, the fog starts lifting. Yeah, And that's where you can see these things, yes. these connections. So look at this. Through the inner struggle, conscious suffering, you know, effort, integrity, self-responsibility, mm-hmm. there's a shift where one starts to claim the, the, their responsibilities back, right? Radical self-honesty. Um, you know, sincerity with patience and humility to cross the threshold out of what I call the ego slumber. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is of the false, conditioned, wounded personality. And, and the awakening is to free oneself from that level of personal bondage. Yes. So, you know, and yet this difficult experience is the most profound and beautiful because it occurs exactly at the moment you need it most. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, but it seems that you really find that part out later. <laughs> That's no? well said. Like it you're is. you're saying, you're connecting these dots, these cables that you weren't even able to see before. Yeah. But suddenly you start looking. That's through, right. Yes. So... Then later on you go, oh, that's why that happened. Exactly. Exactly. Would that, that be something that one may call synchronicity? Indeed. The, the connections, for sure. That's, yeah. that's a great way to put it because, you know, part of the, this process, and I think our listeners and, you know, people who are going through this, they'll be able to attest 
to the fact that they're starting to see things that they would have called in the past a coincidence. Yes. And then when you start to peel back, you start to see that it's not a coincidence. It's a synchronicity. Mm -hmm. You see that they're connected, whereas before you couldn't see the connection, so you called it a coincidence. And this is why coincidences, in short, do not exist. There you go. Just like viruses. (laughs) (laughs) Touché, (laughs) touché. Boom, just like that. So, you know, we're we're like in this uh, really important point in this threshold. And, you know, one of the big reasons why we're bringing this to the listeners is, you know, to bring this level of guidance. And so, you know, through this really uncomfortable process, we end up breaking out of the trap of the associated character that we had been playing in the movie. And we begin to basically reveal what is the true self, the original self. So we start to free ourselves from the constraints of the non-self or (laughs) the ego trap. And once again, my dear (laughs) listeners, there it is, less than five minutes in, and we hit the great work, the self-realization. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. (laughs) We're going to need to get a button installed around here, hit the self-realization button. (laughs) One, One of the most, you know... Uh, one of the things that, you know, an individual is most likely to undergo through this spiritual rebirth as myself, this is, uh, you know, others can attest to this, that it's likely that this is going to happen. This experience, it's likely in these times, based on our current conditions, Mm -hmm. the likelihood of someone going through this is increasing and we're seeing it. And do you see the relation between the difficulties, the, the confusion, the traumatic experiences? We're seeing that amplified in our, in our environment. Very much. And so this is, in essence, part of the triggering effects of, as we said earlier, what is the, I said, the programs are wearing off, mm-hmm. right? You're seeing through, you're seeing synchronicities. You're going through difficulties. You're going through challenges. And it's revealing. These challenges are revealing. When one is not under challenge, then one is not being tested. There's nothing to break through the facade. Correct. <laughs> wow. Pretty impressive and, and absolutely true, no? Like mm. this, at these times in age, things are like basically blowing up. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. We're in very interesting times. And in greater cycles, you know, in the Yoga Vedas and and in these ancient, very mastered cultures, they have already put all of these synchronicities together. Mm -hmm. We're in a certain part of the cycle. Mm -hmm. And this is another thing that we start to expand to. So, you know, like we're saying, through certain hardships and trauma in your life, and, you know, there's a lot of listeners who can 
you know, attest to this and say, through the loss of loved ones, people who are close, through accidents, through abuse, through health opportunities, yeah. you know, um, you know, people even just feeling detached from the world as if they don't fit any longer, or maybe they never did, and they're realizing that. Yeah. Wow. It, and, and it seems that one starts waking up from the inside out, you know, like it begins in the, everything begins in the inside. Indeed. But that's the metaphor. That's right. It is. The healing is from there. The waking up is from there. It all comes from there. This is what's pointing us there. So, you know, um, I would say that, you know, some of the listeners can relate to this moment when everything you've kept inside yourself comes to the surface and you can't carry the burden any longer. Yes, I definitely can relate to that. Actually, just to share a little bit about my experience, I started having these inner realizations, no? Uh, and, and slowly but surely I started comparing. And with the comparing, I started finding patterns that became very clear that I had to question. I mm. had to stop and question. I started sharing with this information with some friends and things like this. And that's where I found out that there was indeed opportunities. And at some point, I also felt confused and even alienated mm -hmm. at some point, no? And it became very, very evident. And uh, I think that's so, some of the things that may happen when one is Absolutely. opening to this. We've got, you know, part of, the, part of the fuel behind this episode has come from a lot of individuals and, you know, reaching out and saying, can you talk about this? Can you yeah. bring this forward to shed light? And also that there are people that are in uh, a position where they've got a significant other. It's the wife, it's the husband, uh, the children, the, you know, someone that's in their life. Maybe it's the parents, maybe. But when you start to, and you can attest to this, when you start to go through this, you start to see that you may be in a, now in a different plane than them. You're seeing things differently. You're starting to feel like, what? how do I communicate with this person? Like, I'm having a, imagine, I'm having this uh, awakening, spiritual awakening experience, and uh, my significant other is in a different place with this. Yeah. You know, and it's you start to feel the alienation when you're going, I can't do that. I, I, I'm no longer called to go and do those in those groups. I'm no longer called to do that behavior or this behavior. Or there's people who are, you know, moving away from uh, habits that no longer serve them, whether it's mm -hmm. alcohol or, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is. Entertainment, some Enter sort of entertainment, yeah. distractions. And and maybe one of the partners is still just focused on the distractions. Yeah. And it puts a strain. Definitely. So we want to point that out because, you know, I think that that's going to be something that we want to melt down a little bit more, huh? How do we, how yeah. do I, how do I work through that? And, and I'm not, uh, outside of the scope of having gone through different processes in my own experience where I've been through a lot of steps 
on equalizing this, what seems to be, uh, you know, an out of balance, what's become now two different paths. Absolutely. And, and just by, just, I want to open up parentheses here, just to encourage our listeners to, to actually reach out and make these questions, you know, because it helps us to kind of understand what topics are of interest and then we can go deep into them. Such, mm -hmm. as this, such as in this episode. No? Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Please do. So, so important. And, you know, it's like we're in this point right now where, you know, we're basically uh, having almost two groups. It's like we've got... Uh, you know, there's two parties. There's a party that's sensing this their their spiritual nature, and a party who is really hyper distracted now, mm -hmm. focused on the you know uh, kind of going for the uh, high level distraction stuff, the tech takeovers, and the there's a big level of distraction there. So anyway, I just I wanted to point that I think it's important, right? Definitely is, and, and pretty evident, mm -hmm. you know. And so, you know, I think there's a, uh, you know, this common discomfort, there's a fear that comes up in the journey. This is, you know, this is kind of part of this, not being able to function in the world. I know that that's also, and I remember years and years ago going through that where it was like all of a sudden there was this real sense that I'm no longer for this place. Hmm. as it is, you know? Oh, yeah. It's part of the tough process. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And so, you know, finding the bridge between the world that is no longer aligned and the world that is, this is a very significant point. And here's how I'd like to point this out. We've talked about in our breath uh, you know, in episode four, we talked about, and we, and we dove into the breath, and we talked about how breath is the bridge, right? But there's something really powerful about the recognition of the breather. Because, you know, the one who's breathing, the one who recognizes the breathing itself is the bridge. And so... When I'm looking to bridge this, the world, quote unquote, that I'm seeing on social media, on, uh, you know, television or the news or the, uh, you know, whatever is being broadcast. When you see that world and you don't feel that that world is resonating with your inner world, mm -hmm. the bridge is not outside you're not going to find that there's going to be a broadcast that bridges you. Yeah. So that's why this broadcast is communicating to the one who bridges the world. The one who is breathing. The one who is breathing. This is the bridge to those worlds. Nice. <laughs> I like that one. And it, al it also seems like uh, this whole process, it's like a process that enforces you to mature, to to ripen <laughs> well said <laughs> absolutely way. this is it, absolutely that's the maturation process mm -hmm. there is a maturing that's taking place spiritually correct 
And so, yes, absolutely. I mean, after having some initial experience, um, you know, this uh, or several, one (laughs) may find themselves in what I could say is a groundless state. And, you know, that often being feelings of disorientation, hopelessness, you know, existential depression or existential threats. And, you know, uh, we could say that in the kind of the Western spiritual psychology, you know, we could refer to Carl Jung and his reference to this state was the dark night of the soul. Yeah. And dark it is indeed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same analogy as their ripeness, but it seems that the, this darkness exists as a catalyst to, for, for, for us to, you know, go through our own evolution and growth. Well, look, look at this. The darkness represents the, what would be considered the cosmic womb, mm-hmm. the unlimited potential. And so isn't it so interesting that you have to be called in to the potential because you're, you're stuck looping memories. And so you have to break what's in the way to get into, to take a deep dive, a deep dip Mm -hmm. into this pure ultimate creativity, this unlimited source. And so this is why going into the the, the whole difficulty of going into this idea of the darkness is because one is scrambling to hold on to what one has now basically created as their character. Mm-hmm. Clinging to the known. And so when you don't know what's next, which is part of this process. And we talked about that at the start. It's like, it's really, for most, it's very uncomfortable not to know. And, you know, as far as the dark night, and I've been through uh, several, um, you know, a very distinct experience during my health opportunity in a very difficult time was kind of the, I'd say, the signature dark night catalyst in my experience, mm-hmm. this is a lot of years ago now, but this was a signature experience where there was the fear on the front side was intense and the breakthrough was so uh, pronounced because, you know, it turns out that the fear is always on the front side. The fear is always on the, I don't want to go in there because of what might be. Mm-hmm. As soon as you're in there, it's a totally different story because there's, you know, you see the fear is the, is like, it's the wall. It's right before. Yes. And then you break in and there's a point where you go, fine, then whatever it is, fine, bring it. Let's do and it. that's the, you know, there's a shift there. And so, I mean, wow. you know, how many dark nights does it take to break the non-self? <laughs> Well, <laughs> that depends. I suppose many. Mm-hmm. That depends. 
And Jay, one question that I think our audience will um, appreciate, but does awakening always have to be super dramatic and disorienting? I mean, how to awaken without pain? Even Is that even possible? Hmm. So does it have to be disorienting? I mean, look, let's look at it this way. It doesn't mean that you have to lose all functionality. But when we look at the, this level of tr this drama and this disorientation, it's usually the case when a person carries a lot of unhealed trauma material. And so this is where one encounters uh, very turbulent waters. Mm -hmm. And so that's the degree of those turbulent waters is related to the degree of trauma. And so this is where the encounter is. And so the more unresolved and unprocessed emotions, you know, that one, that a body-mind system, let's say, contains, the more noise will come up when this experience occurs. Yeah. So does this mean that um, from the very beginning, right when we are born as a body-mind system, we start receiving and absorbing all sorts of impressions and we start to build up that which in the future will need to be resolved. So, yeah, so... We're kind of like sponges. Well, for sure, for sure. And, you know, at one level, people could look at their life experience and say, Uh, I didn't choose that and I didn't choose my family or my parents and I wouldn't have chose to go through these difficult experiences. And yet, as we said, somehow on the other side, you find out that every single one of them was absolutely synchronous. Mm -hmm. And so how could that be if it was random? And I wanted to mention something else which is really powerful. And that is, you had mentioned about going through this without pain. Mm -hmm. And what I want to say about pain, and you know, you're a person who's been through a bunch, and I'm a person who's been through a bunch. And you know what? There's a lot of people listening that have been through a bunch. Yeah. And you know, what you find out through this is that you find out that Pain brings attention for investigation. And so the level of pain is related to the level of value of attention that needs to be appropriated. Mm. That's an interesting way to put it. And so when you look at it like that, and then when you look at it as at the level from the unified state, There's no question that you're not the body or the mind. There's no question at the unified state. And so you can look at the body and you can sense the pain sensations. But when you know that the pain is of the body, you have a very different experience with it. Mm -hmm. and you know what it is. It's a calling to appropriate the value of attention. 
the peak of the pain is saying, look here now. And so if we avoid it, essentially we're pushing down the road, something that's going to come back. Because until you learn the lesson, it will circulate. And the lesson comes always from the cause. Absolutely. The, the, in the greater sense of the message, the greater sense of the message is from the other side, you find out that all of the different, as we had just said previously, all of the different from one angle from the character, these experiences that, why did this happen? This is terrible. This is, why should someone have to go through this? Mm-hmm. What did I do to, to have to go through this? On the other side, you realize that if you knew what it took to break through the walls of the false self and you knew that you had to go through these difficulties, you wouldn't show up for them. (laughs) Very interesting and very deep. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, I mean, again, this is so valuable content. Um, As we have said from the beginning, this podcast series uh, is here to shed light. Um, And there's a lot of light coming. So I have a couple more questions, Jay. Number one, why are we born asleep? And number two, do we need to wake up in order for life to have a meaning? Wow. Wow, those are powerful. I'm going to start with the first question, okay? Why are we born asleep? And to answer this question, it can seem, the, the real answer to this question will come across paradoxical for, for, for a lot of listeners. Because from the unified state, being born is part of the mind experience. And so, so is dying. It turns out from the unified state, awareness is not born and doesn't die. It's eternal. Your actual identity Mm -hmm. is awareness itself. Mm -hmm. The attention factor. And this doesn't, is not born. It doesn't die. And so the whole concept of birth is related to the, what would be considered in the, in the yogic traditions, in the Veda traditions, it'd be considered the cause and effect or the karma experience. The mind is going through cause and effect until the subject recognizes itself. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it can be very paradoxical at the start. Because ultimately, when you're born, you are in unity consciousness. A child, let's say, a, you know, a baby, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, essentially, that child doesn't perceive that it's separate mm-hmm. from the mothership. 
that that child perceives that the mother and the child are the same being. Mm-hmm. It's closer then than it is later to its natural state. It goes and takes on the different, what we would call samskaras, mental tendencies. It takes on these different programs. And all the programs it takes on, ultimately, are there to chip away at the cause and effect that's keeping you stuck from your actual identity. Mm -hmm. And so that's the relation to being born asleep, is that your there all these events are here to break you out of the dream association to realize that you were never asleep that's the great work yes self-realization that's right and if we touch on and i want to answer that because you asked me two back to back and the what was your second if you don't mind reminding me of the second absolutely It says, uh, do we need to wake up in order for life to have a meaning? Okay, so, wow. Do we need to wake up for the meaning? Well, look, here's the thing. You give life meaning. You're the one that brings meaning to this experience. Mm -hmm. So, how do I answer that by other than dissolving the question? You're what brings that to it. So, who are you again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if I, if I do self-realize, of course, that's the bigger meaning. But there might be some other self which don't actually get to that point in the current life. And so, the meaning is assigned by that same person, but it could be limited to the full potential that's of self-realization. For sure. Look at it this way. Look at it this way. Look at it as at certain levels, things have a certain meaning. As soon as you increase your altitude, like for example, let's take the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. If you look at the labyrinth, the labyrinth shape, its whole the reasoning behind the labyrinth, it's an analogy for the mind. That's what it is. That's where it came from, from the ancients. It's a mind analogy. And so when you're inside the labyrinth, you're basically going, uh, I, do I make a left here? Uh, and, and so the meaning level, <clears throat> excuse me, the meaning level at that point will be different mm-hmm. than if you Take a ladder, climb up the wall, and start to see it. Imagine you elevate and look down. Now from a different elevated state, you have a totally different meaning of what's going on here. Yes. So, yes, what you're saying is completely related to your elevation. Nice. And elevation is the enlightening. Because, look, to... The wow, I got some things I want to share here. Please go ahead. The <clears throat> the thing about enlightening is that look at the word directly. To enlighten means to become lighter. Mm-hmm. Now, 
To become lighter, you can look at it in the sense that you're adding light, as in light. Luminosity. Luminosity. You could also look at light as in shedding weight. Mm -hmm. So now if we look at it that way, you start to see that what is dense is makes things more difficult to comprehend, more complicated, harder to see. There's a density there. As you become lighter, things open. You can see there's more light. Mm -hmm. You can see the way things are relate to each other. And so this ties into some other very important pieces. I mean, I just feel compelled to, to, to point out something that I think is so significant right now. And that is related, like as if all of this isn't, but, yeah. but you know, but <laughs> bring it on, <laughs> but bring this because look for anyone listening right now, there is a threshold. You and I were talking about this yesterday, actually, when we were on our call, we were on a call together yesterday and I had brought up this term and I want to bring it up. And that term, and a lot of listeners have heard this, and that term is satsang. And I want to bring it up because, you know, there's a lot of, uh, nowadays there's a lot of people who have heard that, obviously in the yoga tradition, obviously in, in people who have been in, in this tradition and practitioners and things, they go, yes, of course I understand satsang. I've, I've attended satsang. I've been to these. And a satsang in a certain sense is where, for example, you go to a an ashram, let's say, in, you know, say that you go to India and you go to an ashram. And, uh, you know, if you're there at the right timing and the right season, there could be a satsang with the residing master there. And the satsang, let's say it's at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. And the all of the people would go to this engagement at the satsang at 6 p.m. in order that they would have the opportunity to be illuminated, to be engaged with mm-hmm. this uh, you know, ascended uh, energy sense. And I want to point out what satsang is because it's very, very interesting. You know, satsang is a compound word that's basically two words in Sanskrit. And the first word is known as sat, S-A-T. And sat is basically truth. It basically means truth, mm-hmm. not opinion truth not relative to someone saying true or false on a question and answer. What it refers to as sat is basically the, the final level of consciousness, mm-hmm. the ultimate level of consciousness. This is what sat means. So when we say truth in that form, sat, it's referring to the ultimate level of consciousness. Sang, sang means basically communion. And so now if you look at it, you go, okay, wait a sec, communion with truth. That isn't limited to sitting with a a master at an ashram. That isn't limited to your location. It's not limited to any of that. It's a engagement with truth. And When we speak of satsang now in this sense, that would be engaging with what 
is illuminating, Mm -hmm. engaging with what is uplifting, inspiring. This is what satsang is. This is the engagement with source. And so everyone is going through some level where they're going through an a satsang experience with the real. That's the awakening process. Wow. And what's interesting about it is that now I want to point out this threshold because this is so much of a flashlight in the dark for listeners. If you could see that, your engagement, because ultimately you're living out your life based on your attention value. You're living through your attention. Mm -hmm. And so if your attention is appropriated towards satsang, if your attention is appropriated towards what inspires, what illuminates, what uplifts, what invigorates, you are engaged with source. Now, in, in the tradition, there is a term that's known as kusangat. And kusangat is basically the antithesis of satsang. It's the opposite. And so, look at it this way. Kusangat is basically an individual engaged in things that are diminishing, things that are degrading, things that are densifying, becoming dense. Mm-hmm. This would be kusangat. So now, if you were just to approach, without even remembering these terms, if you were just to approach your engagement in your experience and to know that whatever it is that your attention is appropriated to, mm-hmm. if it is inspiring, illuminating, invigorating, joyous, you are engaged with the self, with the higher self. And when you are in kusangat, when you are engaging in things that are diminishing, that are densifying, that are, then you're looking away from. Mm-hmm. the self this is what i say is the compass wow wow very powerful jay amazing thanks for sharing this thank you and um well i think it's uh, as you say as you finished um the comment uh it's the compass mm-hmm. it's the the way that we that one might have when one is trying to discern Absolutely. Where, which way to take or what, what direction the Absolutely. next step is. Absolutely, you see? So we're giving the tools because this is a tool. Yes. So then it goes, well, it, it's not so significant that someone says, but hold on, I'm going to tell you the details because I don't know what to do. No, forget the details. Mm-hmm. Are you, is your attention appropriating towards illumination joyfulness, upliftment, in, in enlightening, inspiring, is it or is it the going to the other direction? There's your compass. Wow. Very profound. Um, I most certainly would love to, to you know, this, this, is, this is encouraging to pay even more attention to where you're going mm-hmm. and how you're doing it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, these are, uh, you know, this is, 
it's it's one thing to and 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 I want to point out that you know we are hitting some really deep stuff here, and this is very profound, you know. And you know, as we were as we were speaking about the dark night, for example, you know, we're talking about how there's this there's really basically this lack of coherency, and you know, genuine self awareness. This is what people are going through, and so as long as we don't feel and examine into our wounds, we withhold our freedom. There's one. And if we can't tolerate intense emotions, we also can't tolerate the energetic intensity of the awakening process. Mm -hmm. And so that's why the, uh, the going into the dark, to looking into the wounds, to getting comfortable with and being there with the pain, that's why trauma work is actually spiritual work. Boom. Those were some serious and profound statements, my brother. Mm. Um, I want to repeat them just to, you know, give them their, their weight. So the first one was, as long as we don't feel and examine our wounds, we withhold our freedom. freedom. Mm -hmm. And the other one is trauma work is actually spiritual work. We definitely need to take a moment here to, you know, take this statement, take, take, a, take this statement in. Yeah, take a breath, huh? Why don't we? Let's take a a deep breath and a pause, and uh, allow that to float. Yes, and for the record, we have had a bunch of listeners asking. So we are going to tackle trauma and dark night in a more focused podcast yeah, very, very soon. For sure. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Very soon. This all ties into the modalities we have been sharing, such as the breath, mind training, meditation, and more powerful modalities soon as well. So Jay, how about when you no longer relate to the old groups, old groups such as friends, even close family. This is this is kind of tough. Yeah. And I'm sure that our listeners would appreciate to hear something about it. Sure. Uh-huh. It's definitely a difficult part of the process. When you notice that others may seem to be operating on autopilot, for example, and maybe you had been and didn't notice it and now you are, and, you know, you can't relate, uh, you know, uh, to what you really were going through before. And in early stages... First, you start to look around and notice that things aren't as they seem. They seem, and you notice that, for example, there's these you know shallow conversations and interactions that you're not, you know, you're not ready to climb into that anymore. You're not ready to trade your life force for it, and this is where this predicament lies that you're referring. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm going to tell you that uh, there is a very important point here that has to do with that you're being called to know yourself. And so you're not going to be able to know yourself by continuing to communicate to people who have basically been uh, um, associating you from your, their memories mm -hmm. and the actions that were taken in the past. 
And so, you know, this is, it's difficult because you really are now having to choose that there's reflection and introspection and you're being called to find out who you are. And so you can't just all of a sudden relate to someone differently when you don't understand who's relating. Yes. So there's a step back. You got to take a step back. And so that's where I say you got to start getting comfortable by yourself for a minute. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be forever, but you got to take it's, you know, you got to, you got to circulate back in for it. It definitely seems that many will be relating to this. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is where you start. And so what we're talking about is starting to observe your own patterns. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, remember, we were projecting outwards. We were looking outwards. All of a sudden, you start looking inwards. This is when you start to, we spoke about this on the breath. This is where you start to notice your own patterns. You start to notice your own tendencies. And you, you start to become highlighted. And you notice, you know, like I said, you've been going through, for example, you could be going through an, uh, an autopilot. Yeah. And, you know, that's, and and this is also related to the fact that I'll say it this way. There are friends that we call friends. And then there are friends that are friends. (laughs) (laughs) Subtle distinction. (laughs) And so, you know, you call someone a friend. A lot of times this is an acquaintance. A lot of times this is a karmic relationship. Mm. It's a messenger on the trail. If you can get the message and honor the message, sometimes you're just supposed to do that and keep moving. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we had been clinging to that messenger, not knowing that we were avoiding the message and that they weren't supposed to be there for your total experience. Yeah. So there's one. The real friend I always say is the one who cheers when something great happens to you and that is a big deal because you start to find out that there's people who you you maybe known them your whole life maybe they're in your family and something great happens to you and maybe they aren't showing it out front but they're like why does this guy get to have that this Mm -hmm. guy's a this that and the other yeah. So there starts to be this defining factor that you couldn't see before yes. because you were, you see, this is where the different degrees of altitude start to shift where you go, ah, oh, I wasn't getting the message. Mm-hmm. I was trying to change this person when I was supposed to see that they were just here to deliver a message that I didn't like. <laughs> wow. And that's the relevance of the tribe. Yes. And that's exactly. And that's where we're saying you start to feel like you're compelled to find your tribe. Yes. This is the yeah. the point. Now, let's get a bit, let's go a, a bit deeper here. Um, I know that there will be many who are in need of guidance here. Uh, I mean... Once you're there, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. To get practical, first off, to know that you're being challenged is important because a lot of times if you're in the why is this happening part, you're misinterpreting the opportunity. So you're being challenged. One of the greatest fears that people have is the opinion of others. Mm -hmm. This is a huge situation. And so, you know, uh, as Osho said, the moment you are unafraid of the crowd, you are no longer a sheep. 
Oof. And so the the context I'm using this in is as soon as you aren't concerned with the idea of what some other person is thinking of you, you are in a much more, uh, let's say, a much clearer state to actually be able to look clearly and objectively mm-hmm. at where you're at. And, you know, this is kind of where the point we're talking about, about this, uh, you know, finding the tribe, is that how could you actually signal to another when you don't know who you are? How are you supposed to call the authentic tribe if you're not fully authentic yet? Yes. This is the limbo between the wake up and the tribe. Wow. And uh, now that you mentioned this quote from, from Osho, it reminded me of how the Toltecs look at the opinions. Mm. No, and, and it's funny because they say one must not take any, anything personal, not the good nor the bad. Understand that these are only opinions and these opinions are not good nor bad. They are only opinions. Yes, absolutely. No? Yes. You know, I'll tell you, um, some of the sages would say opinions are the lowest form of intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> just relax that. and let them go <laughs> exactly <laughs> well said i mean you can't convert or change others the fact is is that you have to step forward and lead by example mm-hmm. and leadership is an expression of clarity authenticity balance uh, engagement and the true leadership is essentially the expression of the true self. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, one quick question, Jay. Does this mean that when you let go of others' opinions and stop acting in response of, their, of these opinions, you get closer and closer to your true identity and thus you get closer to your authenticity? Well, that's a, you're pointing out a good, uh, a good point. So in a way you in a way that's that's pretty clear what you're saying and 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 again if we look at this idea of the opinions of others we have to remember look at it this way what their opinion is based on is it's based on their memory based on what they have uh memories of the character that you've been playing Mm-hmm. And since you're waking up from this character and finding out that it's not who you are, then you can see how the opinions are just not based on anything that would have be of value mm. for what, what you're up against. Right. You see? I see. Mm-hmm. So this looks like... Uh different people and yet there are many pieces that resonate here no yeah i mean like you're waking up in the dream world in which you've uh an almost simultaneously awareness of your individual self and the connection between that and everything else Mm -hmm. this is what you're waking up to this is what we said about the synchronicity so 
you know, this is where you look and go, you no longer filter everything through the associated character. Mm-hmm. This is the one that operates through the lens of the future and the past. You're no longer drawing upon that. You are revealing your identity. This is the reveal. Yes. And this, this brings me another question to mind. So is this why healing and awakening come together? No? Like uh, one heals by awakening and one awakens by healing. Like these two powerful concepts come together. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're synonymous. They're synonymous because healing itself, as we've said in the past, healing is essentially a process that is, you know, I, I know that it's uh, uh, a very sharp term, but all healing is spontaneous. What is the spontaneous part mean it means that you're getting out of the way Mm. and so isn't that exactly what awakening is you're getting out of the way right you're getting out of the way because the light the shining through the mind the light that shines through it the whole thing that creates dis you know, disharmony in our experience is what's in the way of the pure light. Dun, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you notice that, you know, people, <laughs> certain relations, they're so attached to the memories and associations to the pattern that they're not able to let go. And this is also what mm. is withholding the healing process. Yes. That's the ego. Well, that's the deal. That's what's in the way. And so what's in the way? Associations. What's in the way? Patterns. Uh-huh. What's in the way? Memories. Beliefs. I mean, it's really something to be said when you find out that you can't know and believe at the same time. Mm. One of them's got to go. And I can assure you it's not knowing. <laughs> 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 so, so you, you know, you feel the need to step away from people in relationships that aren't interested in growth. That's really where we can point out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Bring the compass back. Yeah. So now you start to find out that, you know, even if it's, for example, you know, I've had different experiences communicating with, uh, you know, clients and, and people that have come to me over the years to work through these things. And I can tell you that. Obviously, it's uncomfortable when it's your brother, for example, Mm. you know, when it's your sister, when it's your mom, when it's your wife, when it's your husband. This is when it's uncomfortable because you start finding out, look, this person is not interested in growth. And isn't it that you become the sum of your, right? Closest relations. Yeah, where your attention is circulating most. You're taking on the sum of that. And so if you are, and, and for our listeners, if you are uh, feeling this awakening process, it's because you are seeking growth. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you know, there's a definite uh, you know, shift there that you've got to put into account that we need to heal before we re-engage with those relationships. It doesn't necessarily mean that you go, I'm done with my brother forever 
or my sister or whatever. It's that you need to retreat so that you can do your work. Wow. So let's um, stop and shape this part here. I know many of our listeners are in varying degrees of this part. How do we work with this? You must hear this one a lot through your profound work in sacred dynamics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is such an important point to discuss. You are in many ways alone at this point, right? And, uh, you know, as you no longer relate to the old crowd and you haven't found the new crowd, Mm -hmm. right? Wait, who are you again? (laughs) 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 So so what to do? Exactly, what to do? So first off, here's a key. You have to spend more time alone, not with your thoughts, in silence, in introspection, right? Shifting the bias from doing to being. We were caught in the doing. This is distraction. You start being from association to presence. See, the thing is, the character you'd been playing in the movie, I'm going to tell you this. He's not going to make it. I'll tell you the end right now. The character ain't going to make it. Mm-hmm. And so the sooner you get hip with that, the sooner you circumvent the difficulties. So you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And that's a yoga premise. Yes. And so, you know, one must begin uh, dissolving the camouflage. And you have to rely on awareness. You have to rely on, and here's, Here's the key. Trust is related to the heart. And when I say trust, a lot of people hear that. And when you hear trust, you go, yeah, but who do you trust? Mm -hmm. And you see, the key is, is that trust should not be appropriated to a who. Trust needs to be appropriated to the source of your existence. Because the fact is, and, and I'm saying this with so much compassion for everyone listening whether or not you consider yourself that you say i believe in god or this or that i'm not talking about belief what i'm talking about is the undeniable fact that you exist Mm -hmm. we're just going to point this at something that's undeniable it's undeniable that you exist and it's undeniable that there's a source to your existence Right. Just like it's undeniable that there's electricity behind your phone. Mm -hmm. And that's what source of the energy of it is. You don't deny that that's a fact. And so now I'm saying you don't need to appropriate that trust into something that's going to let you down because characters are built for that. Yeah. So you appropriate trust to the source of your existence. And that's something that you can do that's unequivocal. And trust, as you says, as you say, it's in regard with the heart. Absolutely, because the mind is 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 basically it 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 has to because of the way that the mind operates. It it lives in essentially a lack of trust. And so, as as trust is related to the heart, what's related to the mind? Would that be faith? No, I would say that I would say that the mind is is the skeptic. 
the mind is related to uh, really being skeptical because it's all about the analytics and objects. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is uh, where we kind of circle back to the heart again and realize that, you know, the heart is this major vortex, this engine of compassion and love. And the mind, let's put it this way, the mind lives in doubt and the heart lives in trust. Boom. I completely agree. And so the key here is to learn how to make the uncomfortable comfortable. As you said, it's a it's very much related with, with the yoga practice. Right? Yeah, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable. Right? You get yes. comfortable being uncomfortable. You see, we've been, co- we've been called to remove the false associations. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. The false allegiances. And as, as touched on earlier, in the East, they would say, you need retreat. And in the West, they might say, you need to go to the movies. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So, you know, the, the key is, is that as we touched on satsang, which was just a significant point Very. here, that's a big threshold. Yeah. And so, you know, that's a big threshold. There's the communion, right, with, with truth. And the most precious resource in your life <clears throat> is attention. This is, this is w- what I want to point out as such a practical and profound point here. The most precious resource in your life is attention, because attention is the supreme currency of life. Wow. Yes. Because attention is the life force directive. Correct. And... Um... Yes, and uh, to to kind of bring some ground level, I just want to share that before knowing about satsang, I understood it as being in line with higher self, which for me meant to be congruent. Sure. No? Yeah. In other words, that my thoughts, words, and actions were in in line altogether towards towards the light. Okay. Does that make sense? Well, sure. I mean, <clears throat> that's what, you know, that's the, this whole relationship. I mean, that's the compass we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, to rely on nothing but awareness requires a total revolution within one's mind-body system. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you want the answer to any problem, you don't run to a psychiatrist. I mean, I'm not saying not to. You know, you don't run to a lawyer or even a doctor. You sit by yourself and listen. The true self has the answers. Why, you say, why does that, how do you know that's so? And not only am I sharing this from a, a, a unified state and, and a perspective of the unified self, but every atom of the universe is within you. You are that, the universe. Yeah. You and I-verse. All together. So you are that. You are the entire universe. This is the microcosm, macrocosm. So then why would you not be looking in? Because that's where it all is, mm-hmm. right? This is sovereignty. And there's, I wanted to uh, drop a quote from Robert Adams, who is also uh, was a very sharp knife in the uh, non-dual. And he said, therefore, 
All the answers in the universe must also be in you. All the solutions, all the wisdom, all of the happiness and bliss you've been searching for, it's within you. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, for the self to, to give the answers, the, the true self, as you, as you said a couple seconds back, uh, the instrument must be clear and clean, doesn't it? Like, I remember one, one, need, uh, one needs to do the push-ups in order to get so, and a the, certain level. No? Okay, and, the, and let's look at it this way so that we don't create the daunting confusion of that. The key is this. All the push-ups are here for is to get out of the way. Mm -hmm. The message is no, not other than here and now. So whatever it takes to, to, as we said, to purify is the path. Why? Because you need to get out of the way. So whatever is needs to be dissolved. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the, uh, I think that probably we'll start winding into some kind of nuggets that we can share. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's many, many nuggets that, that we want to share. I mean, we've had a, an amazing conversation, very deep, very profound. And so, Jay, why don't you uh, shed some light to these nuggets for our listeners? Okay. Let's, let's go through some, some fine, finer points, okay? So here's, here's some, some kind of uh, fine pointers. Build and cultivate your daily practice. When you're going through this, you need uh, a refuge, right? We're saying you need retreat. And so if you can't, and retreats are very significant, but a retreat in the sense of the tr yoga tradition, it doesn't just mean that you would go to an organized event that was somewhere and go through it, which are beautiful. A retreat means that you are going within and retreating from the experience from the external. Mm -hmm. So daily retreat for yourself is key to this. Retreat can be five minutes. Retreat can be 10 minutes. You see? So cultivate the practice there. Find a guide. You know, find a mentor. This is an important part through this process. You need a guide who's been through it. Yeah, it's, it gets confusing. Sure. And you want a guide who's been through it, that, that, that you resonate with, right? Get comfortable with being alone. Mm -hmm. Because part of it is that you have to find out in the higher levels, you find out there's only one. So get comfortable being alone. <laughs> <laughs> you invented the others. Focus on growth. We talked about satsang. Yes. Focus on growth. And if growth is your focus, what you place your attention on will grow. Definitely. Right? Um, connection to individuals who are focused on growth. This is where a compass is for those who are saying, I don't know my tribe. I'm okay. Look, use the satsang uh, terminology. Look for what's enlightening, inspiring, joyous, mm -hmm. right? And then in that same token, look for those who are interested in growth, who are growing, who are vibing, who are inspiring. Look and connect. Yes. Right? And find a tribe. Right. And then stepping away from unhealthy relationships is usually a gift for both parties. Yeah. Because there's an enabling. This ties into 
uh, codependencies. This ties into trauma stuff that's not being recognized. This is eliminating blind spots. Yes. And it, yeah, and, and that's a key piece, you know, if, if you know that taking that step, it's going to help not only you, but others. It's, it becomes more relevant now that you're in the growth track. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it turns out that by no longer enabling the other and by you doing the growth, essentially, now you're actually affecting the other. Yes, in so a good way. In a, in a way that is for growth, in a yeah. way that, right? So now that's the theme. Of course. So, so those are some nuggets. And, and, I, and, and, and I think that, you know... That is enough to, to, for now, to, you know, there's a lot here to share, to give. Catch on with these and let it be that our listeners, this is, I'm making a call out to our listeners. If you were moved by this, if you feel compelled by this, reach out to us. Send us a message on the website, reach out to us on Instagram and tell us about it. Tell us, yeah. you know, here's where I'm at. Ask us, okay? And uh, Jay, should we, you know, take advantage on, you know, we have a couple more minutes to to share some interesting things. And I, I think that um, the spiritual awakening in in some way, or in it's uh, divided in seven basic steps. Well, yeah, I like to, the sacred seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, so if you, if you look at it in this, like the seven chakras, you see it, that there's a category there. If we look at it in seven steps, let's, let's simplify out the stages. Yeah. Okay. The stage one is the beginning. And so varying degrees of, uh, of listeners will be in this stage. And so this is the beginning of this journey. And so this is where you're questioning everything around you. You start the journey, journey towards this spiritual sense, right? This is where you're clearing things out, habits, relationships, you know, making place space for new ones. It's where you're feeling this frustration, discomfort, loneliness. This is, this is the beginning. Yeah. So there's your ground level. Yeah. Stage two. Uh, let's call this the darkness. This is the dark night. Mm-hmm. So in that stage, right, this is where you're feeling literally as if you're, you're, you're dying. And, and in many ways, there's some of us that you did are. to go through it. <laughs> and who is dying? The ego is dying in this process. And so absolutely. So in a way, the old has to die for the new to be born. So in this stage, this is like the purging, right? This is a stage where you're your soul's bringing up all that needs to come to the surface, right? And so this is, you know, this can lead into this difficult stages. And this, you know, um, you can, you kind of almost need to hit rock bottom in some senses, mm-hmm. right? You hit the floor. And when you know when you hit the floor and, and that's where, right, that's where the time to rise is. And so then there's this, you know, let's say stage three is like the, the where you start becoming much more engaged in the, the curious level of, of this investigation. In, investigation. And so, you know, you've made it, you know, through this level of darkness and you're, you know, you're in this journey of self-awareness now. And so this is where you start spending more time outdoors. This is where you're being drawn to, uh, more of a creative expression that is authentic. Something that things maybe you weren't doing before, things you used to do as a kid that you're not doing now. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of in that stage, right? You're, as you said earlier, you're like the sponge. And so, but now you're sponging into the things of growth, the things that are expanding yes. you, right? 
And then, you know, there's this, you know, let's say stage four is like the rebirth. And, you know, the rebirth, um, you know, this is kind of like if we use that Japanese Buddhist term, the satori term, this is, you know, this is the rebirth part, the awakening or the comprehension. And so before this stage, you were like in the confusion stages and the struggles. And in this part, this is where you're starting to dedicate your time and you're in this soul alignment, right? This is where satsang becomes very realistic. Mm-hmm. And let's say stage five is um, the growth stage, a, you know, the, a spiritual growth, a soul growth, a expanded, expanding consciousness. Yeah. And when the exp- consciousness is expanding, this is where we talked earlier about this enlightening. You're becoming lighter. You're, lighter. Your scope is increasing in altitude. You're walking up the ladder. Exactly. You're getting, you're getting the height. And, you know, and so this stage is probably the longest one. This is the one that you're going to circulate on for a bit because there's a lot of loft to come here. There's a mm-hmm. bunch of consciousness to expand to. And then, you know, it, as we start to get closer to it, let's say stage six is a, a deep level of surrender. And the surrendering here, you've already done a lot of this internal work. You're balanced. <clears throat> you know, you're becoming more balanced. Um, you know, there's a missing piece here and you're letting go of the the person that you thought you were in order to become in the, in the becoming in this stage. It's funny because you're not actually becoming you're unbecoming. Exactly. (laughs) You're going back to the original. You're you're peeling away to the original and you're starting to go like in surrender, which is the heart, heart. which is trust. You got it. Yes. Back to the heart, back to trust. Mm -hmm. This is now where you're going. I'm obviously, I'm appropriating this to the source of my existence. It's not in question at this stage. Yes. And then, you know, let's say that stage seven, let's say you get to the, you know, crown chakra and open it up. Stage seven is the real self. This is self-realization. This is the realization that you are awareness itself. And this is what self-realization is. There's no, no idea that I'm a character. And, and in this stage, this liberated stage, every pair of eyes that you come across are the soul of the universe. They are the self. There is no other. And it is none other than you, dear one. Wow. Boom. <laughs> Well, I think uh, these were amazing and great golden nuggets, my friend. Very clear and with so much value. So, thanks for bringing them to the table. Mm. And thank you, listeners, for connected, for being connected and listening to, to this uh, amazing episode. And uh, wow, I really loved it. I mean, we went deep and we mm. touched on very, very meaningful, meaningful pieces. Um, Dear listeners, as a reminder, uh, as you know, our mission and purpose in in Sacred Dynamics is to support the restoration of humanity through the personal healing and awakening process. The true commitment starts with oneself and then radiates outward to all beautiful souls. Absolutely. And when we say outward, let's consider that that actually means inwards. Exactly. Boom. And I'd, I'd love to mention before we go, I just want to mention about uh, Sacred Mastery School, which is now up and running and very excited. So as you're hearing this, the Sacred Mastery School is an infusion of this sacred path and the guidance to reveal and embody the flowing heart space. 
the true identity, the true self. All aspects of one's life are blessed by this process. So if you are feeling it and interested in getting engaged with the great work yourself um, and you want to get involved, uh, Sacred Mastery School is now up and running. So reach out to us for it. And also, of course, there is, uh, you know, uh, some options to work one-on-one directly with myself either video conference or if you are down in the beautiful Baha, there may be a space that we can engage in one-on-one in person. And, you know, a little sneak peek, we have uh, also cooking on some live events. Very excited about what we're doing, man. This is beautiful. Very, very grateful. Very, very excited. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, jump in and, and look at these amazing features that we are adding to Sacred Dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, dear Sacred Souls... Thank you again. Thank you very much for connecting. And please, we would love if you share this work with your family and friends. And of course, connect with us through Instagram at Sacred Dynamics with 1D or visit our website sacreddynamics.com with 1D or you could also join our Telegram channel at Sacred Dynamics 1D. You'll find all the links in the show notes and some more surprises sure thank you for listening to the sacred dynamics podcast until next time stay connected through conscious breath and grounded presence namaste namaste namaste